Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to another interesting episode of All Things Basketball Podcast. And of course, I'm your host, Coach Luke. How's everybody doing out there in basketball land today? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing fine and you had a very productive day because I sure did. All right. And we're getting ready to get into episode 42. Episode 42, people. And the name of episode 42 is The Brawl. The name of episode 42 is The Brawl. And of course, you know, if you was watching the WNBA on Saturday night, you know what I'm talking about. But like always, we're going to ease on into the topic of the podcast and we're going to get it started. All right. Episode 42. But before we get it started, you know what we got to do, people. We got to tap in. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Follow me and I'm going to follow you. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. And if you need good training, you know what to do. Hit the email button, leave your information, and we'll get right back to you. Download, share, like, download. Come on, people, All Things Basketball Podcast. It's for you. Let's go. All right. Episode 42, man. We're rocking and rolling, man. we we just transcending up every, every episode. So let's get 42 started. We're starting out of that Nick building. A lot of people seem to feel that, you know, uh, the Knicks wasted a lot of time in free agency. So coming out of the New York Knicks building, a lot of people feel did the Knicks do the right thing in trading Christoph Pazingas and freeing up cap space, but not coming back with one of the top free agents in return? Well, in Coach Luke's eyes and Coach Luke's opinion, no, they didn't do the wrong thing. They did the right thing. They didn't make a mistake. I'll tell you why. First of all, Christopher Singers is an excellent, excellent player. Let me start by saying that. A very young talent, an excellent, excellent player. All right. And when the Knicks picked him with the third pick three and a half years ago or four years ago, by the way, um, he was greeted with booze. Well, no one really knew Christopher Singers at that point. All right. And so then what turned out to be an excellent, excellent ball player. He really could do a lot, especially shoot that three at seven foot two. He could shoot that three. He had decent footwork, not great footwork, but decent footwork. He really could work his way around that rim. He's an excellent, excellent talent. But what I want to tell you is his availability wasn't there for the Knicks. When I say availability, I mean being on the court all the time throughout the season. He often was injured, all right? And so leading up to the torn ACL that that was his last tenure with the Knicks, maybe a year and a half ago, he was he still was not available for the Knicks. There were little injuries along the way that made him unavailable. So his availability was never strong as an NBA pro, all right? He was in and out, in and out. Now, is he a great talent? Yeah. But if he's not playing, well, then how much of a great talent can you be? And so I don't think the Knicks made the wrong move by trading him. And on top of it, he was very disgruntled. He always mentioned his displeasures about being in a Nick uniform and that he really didn't like playing for the New York Knicks. And of course, when you don't like playing for a franchise, 
The best thing to do, especially when the player is young, is to find them a happy home. And I think they found them a happy home in Dallas because all you see from Christopher Singers now is a bunch of smiles all the time. And he's over there with Luka Doncic and a lot of good players. And he's got an excellent owner in Mark Cuban. And so now he's happy. And so the Knicks are able to move around and have the cap space and the money to continue to look for great players and great talent. All right. Now, the one thing that I'll say about the New York Knicks is that a lot of the free agents do understand the ownership of the Knicks. And of course, James Dolan is the owner. I really believe he's not the greatest owner. I also believe that a lot of the free agents do not want to play for him. But I do happen to know that Kevin Durant wanted to play for the Knicks. He wanted the New York area bad, either the Knicks or the Nets. But the thing that happened with the Knicks is that Mr. James Dolan backed out at the last minute, leaving only the Brooklyn Nets on the table. And so, of course, since Kevin Durant wanted the New York area, if only one team is on the top, on the dock, then you're going to have to go with that one team. And so the Knicks pulled out on the Kevin Durant situation. That's what actually happened. A lot of people don't talk about it, but James Dolan pulled the money off the table. And that's why Kevin Durant is not a New York Knick. But, you know, Coach Luke don't like to talk about too much spilled milk, all right? The Knicks have a lot of young players, a very good nucleus, and I think they will transcend up. I do believe, though, if if the, if Mr. Dolan sold the New York Knicks, they would be moving in a whole lot faster movement, transcending up and getting a lot better. Because, again, like Coach Luke said, a lot of the free agents, big ballers out there, know who owns the team and really don't want too much parts of James Dolan as an owner and dealing with him. And he knows that. He's just being stubborn and he wants to hold the team because the team makes him a lot of money. I don't even believe he cares about winning with the Knicks. He doesn't care about the Knicks being winners. He just cares about the bottom line. And a lot of owners are like that. And we have one of them in James Dolan. But we kind of got off. We kind of got into Mr. James Dolan instead of Christoph Persingas. I think the Knicks did not. Uh, they did a great thing by trading him. I really do. He didn't want to play for the Knicks. And so you found him a happy home. And that's the best thing that can happen for Christoph Persingas and the New York Knicks. Well, we're going to stick with my main man, KD. Kevin Durant made some real strong remarks about the, the Toronto Raptors, the defending champions. Kevin Durant states that the Toronto Raptors will never hoist the trophy again. They were lucky to hoist one this year. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know if they were lucky. I know they hoist the trophy. All right? And you got to give them all the credit in the world. I think Kevin Durant is talking with uh, 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 spilled milk in his mouth, really, because they beat the Golden State Warriors, and he happened to be a player that was on the Golden State Warriors. The Toronto Raptors are the champion, and that's it. All right? And we're almost into a new season. But speaking about Kevin Durant, there was a rebuttal from Mr. Kyle Lowry. All right? Kyle Lowry said, okay, you got two championships, and I got one. Let's see who gets to three first. <laughs> All right, Mr. Lowry. 
I hear you talking. That's that championship talk, baby. That's when you win a championship, you start to talk like that. So Kyle Lowry is talking a lot of smack right now and bringing it back to Kevin Durant in his comments. And so, hey, he's right. He's got one. And KD, you got two. Who's going to get the three first? So you can't, you know, uh, Kyle Lowry is talking smack right back. But you got to watch it because Kevin Durant remembers everything. Now, Will the Toronto Raptors be better than the Brooklyn Nets this year without KD? Of course they will. They're a much better team than the Brooklyn Nets right now. They're going to be a much better team than the Brooklyn Nets at least this year because Kevin Durant will not play this year. And so you got the Toronto Raptors will be an excellent team this year. I don't know whether they'll win the championship, but they will be in the playoffs. And in my eyes, they're a much better team than the Brooklyn Nets are right now. Right now they are. Now, when Kevin Durant comes back next season, we have to see how he comes back. It'll be a different story. I really believe so. But right now, Kyle Lowry could talk smack, one, because he's won the championship. He won that chip, baby. And then two, guess what? The Toronto Raptors at present is a better team than the Brooklyn Nets. So that's what's coming out of Kevin Durant's camp. He cites the Toronto Raptors will never hoist a trophy ever again. Wow. Once again, tap in, baby. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Follow me and I'm going to follow you. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. And if you need good training, you know what to do. Hit the email button, leave your information, and we'll get right back to you. Download, share, like. Download. Come on, people. All Things Basketball Podcast is for you. Let's go. Well, coming out of that Boston Celtic building, we're saying that, uh, you know, a lot of people in the Boston area are saying Jason Tatum is going to be the biggest scoring threat in the Boston building. And um, that sounds about right. It's Jason Tatum's time right now to become the main cog on the Boston Celtics. Well, you know they signed Kimber Walker. Kimber Walker's a phenomenal player, but he would love to be more of a playmaker than depend on Kimber Walker to score. And of course, I really believe that Kimber Walker's the type of point guard that will find Jason Tatum in places that Jason Tatum really wants to be found on the court. And so you have Jason Tatum ready and raring to go to have a bust-out season. Now, last season, Jason Tatum had a so-so season. I mean, he was sharing time with Gordon Haywood, and he wasn't too happy. But this year, I really believe, in Coach Luke's eyes, I believe Jason Tatum is ready for a bust-out year. And, of course, again, playing alongside a wonderful point guard that doesn't look to shoot first like the former point guard did, (laughs) Kimber Walker. Kimber Walker's a pure point guard, and he prefers to set up his players first. And I think that will bowl well for Jason Tatum coming into this season. And it's going to be a phenomenal season for Jason Tatum if he can click. The quicker he can click with um, Kimber Walker, the better. And, of course, both of them are out there with Team USA. So it's a beautiful thing, man, when you have both those guys. And I think there's about four guys from the Celtics, right? Jalen Brown, Marcus Smith, uh, Marcus Smart, excuse me. Um, who else? Kimber Walker and Jason Tatum. All four of them are on the U.S. team. 
And so they can really bond very well and take that and carry it right into um, training camp and on into the season. So that's a great thing for the Boston Celtics that four of those guys are really active right now with Team USA and Greg Popovich, and they're really playing on a high, high level. And they can, like I, like Coach Luke said, they can take this and bring it right into the regular season, and it'll be a wonderful, wonderful thing. But we kind of got off because we're talking about Jason Tatum having a bust-out season. And, yeah, I really believe this season is going to be a bust-out season for Jason Tatum. I think he's going to have an all-star-like season. I, I really believe he might make the all-star team this year. He's primed for a bust-out season. He's had a couple of seasons already in the NBA. He knows what to expect. And so coming out of that Boston building, a lot of people are expecting Jason Tatum to break out. And, of course, Coach Luke at All Things Basketball Podcast really believes he's going to break out. And so that's a beautiful thing in the Boston building. All right. We got our AAU profile, people. And, of course, like Coach Luke said, we're going to always have our AAU profile every show. But we're going to switch it up a little bit because we got a wonderful, wonderful young lady in our AAU profile. And, of course, we've had a couple of guys so far, but we're going to kind of keep it even. We're not just going to do the young men. We're definitely going to do the young women. All right? So now coming out of the New Jersey area, she plays for Memorial High School. All right, and she's a wonderful, wonderful player. A lot of colleges are interested in her. She's going to graduate. Um, this is her 12th year. She's in 12th grade now, so she's only got one more year of high school. Her name is Anessa Ortega. Anessa Ortega, and she plays for the uh, Unity Legends Girls AAU team in Manhattan. But she's from New Jersey, so she has to travel over. And play her AAU ball. But you know, New Jersey is right next door to New York for all of y'all who really don't know. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump. So, again, our uh, AAU profile is a young lady, a phenomenal player. And, of course, when you pull up the footage on her, she's an excellent guard. I believe, in Coach Luke's eyes, she's a combo guard. And there's a lot of colleges knocking at Anissa Ortega's door right now. And I tell you, she's a wonderful, wonderful player. And again, like I said, she come, she plays at Memorial High School, and she also plays for the Unity Legends Girls AAU team. So that's our AAU profile, and it's a wonderful thing. We're going to get the women in, the young ladies in there, just like we're going to get the young guys in there, all right? That's our AAU profile for the show. All right, let's get to the to the title of the show, people, all right? It's not Rocky. It's not Muhammad Ali, all right? <laughs> it's Brittany Griner and Christian Aniqua. Brittany Griner and Christian Aniqua. Well, you know, Saturday night what happened was, um, you know, the Phoenix Mercury played the Dallas Wings, right? And, and it got a little frisky under the rim again, uh, Brittany Griner is, is, they say she's famous for throwing real hard elbows at players, but they, you know, they got tangled up, Griner and Aniqua, they got tangled up under the rim, 
and they proceeded to go at it. All right, they proceeded to start fighting. All of the ben both benches cleared. It was really serious. This is actually the first time that I saw a WNBA uh, uh, team really get like this. Now I did see uh, um, I did see the LA Sparks uh, a couple of years ago get into something with uh, the Indiana Fever. But it wasn't at this magnitude. I mean, everybody was on the court, coaches and all, uh, Saturday night. This was a serious, serious brawl. And if you want to pull it up, you can see it. I never saw it happen before. But Deanna Tarasi, the captain of the Mercury, said these are the things that happen when the referees are not blowing their whistles. So she's blaming the refereeing on how the brawl started. And maybe so, but I tell you what, so many people say that um, the refs don't let the women play. So what are you going to do? Are you going to let them play or you're not going to let them play? I don't think you could blame the referees for this. It was just physical play, and sometimes these things get out of hand and blows are thrown. And so, of course, Brittany Griner, all right, and Kristen Aniqua went at it. And again, the Dallas Wings um, bench cleared, all right, and the Phoenix Mercury's bench cleared, and they were fighting all over the place. And so, hey, it happens. It doesn't happen much in the WNBA, but it does happen. And one of the things I want to say about this situation is that a lot of people have made comments about Brittany Griner under the basket, all right? A lot of people. I remember Asia Wilson last year made a few comments about Brittany Griner under the basket. All right. So maybe her rough style and her rough play, everybody doesn't back down from it. Everybody's not going to back down from it. Some people are going to walk right into it. But I'm not saying she started it. I'm just saying it's documented that a lot of players in the WNBA talk about Brittany Griner under the basket and her physical play. They think it's a little too much. But, you know, Saturday night, it was the brawl. And that's the name of the show. The Phoenix Mercury, all right, and the Dallas Wings went at it. All right? And so that's what's happening out of the WNBA. And, you know, you really don't want to see that. You really just want the women to play ball at the highest level. But it happens at all levels college, the WNBA, the NBA, it happens at all levels. It gets a little physical and sometimes blows are thrown and blows were thrown Saturday night. All right. Once again, tap in, people. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. Tap into All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. And if you need good training, you know what to do. Hit the email button, leave your information, and we'll get right back to you. Download, share, like, download. Come on, people, all things basketball podcasts. It's for you. Let's go. All right. Yes, indeed. We're getting into it here. CJ McCullough believes the Trailblazers should be the favorite in the West. Wow. The Trailblazers are a very strong team. They've made some additions. They've got Paul Casal. They've got Whitehead from, from Miami, Hassan Whitehead. But they've lost my boy, 
You know, they've lost a few people. Okay? They've lost a few people. Uh, they've lost Leonard. Alright? They've lost a few people. They've more, they've lost my guy Mo Harkless, St. John's, Queens. They lost him. So, you know, as you lose players, you gain players. But it's wonderful that CJ McCullough believes they should be the favorite. The, the, um, excuse me, the Portland Trailblazers are a tough out. They're very tough out. And they're one of the top teams in the West. And I think CJ McCullough has a right to feel that they should be uh, uh, up around the favorite. In Coach Luke's eyes, I don't think they're the favorite. I think they're in the top four, though. I think the Trailblazers are in the top four teams, all depending on how Golden State plays. I think they've. I think Golden State has been bumped down a little bit with Clay Thompson being out for this season, but um, I do believe the Portland Trailblazers have a shot. They definitely have a shot. They really do. Uh, are they the favorites? I don't know about that. I wouldn't make them the favorites. Again, like Coach Luke said, I think they're in the top four. But I wouldn't make them the favorites. But when you're in the top four, that means you have an opportunity. Again, for me, Coach Luke, I'm talking. I just told you last episode, Utah has a shot. All right? And so there's about six or seven teams. And I got Utah ranked at number five. So, of course, Portland has a shot. But I believe six or seven teams have an opportunity to hoist the trophy. They all happen to be in the Western Conference, though. <laughs> Other than Milwaukee, I'm sorry. All right? Most of the teams happen to be in the Western Conference other than Milwaukee. The verdict is still out on Philly. I like what I see. All right? And so that's the seventh team. But the verdict is more out on Philly than Milwaukee. I could see Milwaukee hoisting the trophy this year. That's probably the only team in the East that I can see hoisting it. The other uh, five or six teams are all in the West in Coach Luke's eyes. They're very strong in the West. But I do see a chance for the Milwaukee Bucks to hoist the trophy. I do. That's the only team in the East. All right, but we kind of got off because C.J. McCullough is talking about Portland being the favorites in the West. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think they're the favorites. That's my opinion. But he's on the Portland Trailblazers. That's the way he's supposed to think. All right, and so they have an opportunity, though. They have a strong opportunity. They've got enough to win the championship, and so he should feel that way. But not in my eyes, I think you're looking at the two L.A. teams, the Lakers and the Clippers, all right? You're looking at those two L.A. teams, and you're probably looking more at the Houston Rockets as opposed to Portland. But Portland is right on the heels of the Rockets, all right? You got the two L.A. teams, and then you got Houston, and you got Portland. Can't forget Denver. Can't forget Utah, all right? You got a lot of teams in that Western Conference, but that's the way I see it lining up. But C.J. McCullough doesn't see it the way Coach Luke sees it. <laughs> he sees the Portland Trailblazers in 
front and he believes that they should be the favorite. Okay. Wow. Man, you know Coach Luke is happy about this, people. We got a training question. How long has this been since we had a training question? About 10 episodes, right? Wow. So you know I'm excited about this. Man. Okay. Coming off the Instagram, All Things Basketball Podcast, the gram, we got, all right, a young lady from the Milwaukee area. Coach Luke, all right, I want to become a better shooter. I shoot two hours a day. All right, I don't know if two hours is all that you have, young lady. I don't know if that's all that you can give to perfecting your shot. I believe you need more than two hours to work on your shooting. But if two hours is all you got, maybe you can add something before you go out there and shoot for two hours. First thing I would like you to do is when you do get to the court is shoot 50 free throws. Work on your form, fingertips to the ball, elbow pointed at the basket. Work on your form with 50 free throws. The second thing I'd like you to do is before you go out there and shoot for two hours, sit in a chair at home. Do certain things at home to work on your shot, meaning you can sit in a chair straight up and work on your form. Get the basketball in your hand and work on your form. Imaginary 50 shots, imaginary 100 shots with the right form, elbow in, fingertips up, ball right over your forehead, and take those imaginary shots, 50 of them. That's before you even go and do your two hours on the court. You're going to have to add more time into perfecting your shot if you want to become a better shooter, young lady. All right? Now, if you only have two hours, that's good. But if you can add something before you do your two hours, like Coach Luke just said, sitting in a chair, working on your form, uh, uh, imaginary 50 jump shots, backspin on the ball, fingertips, elbow to the rim, ball right over your forehead 50 times before you go out there and do your two hours, if that's all you can do. But again, if you can give more than two hours to perfecting your shot, you'll see how far it will go. Thank you very much. I love the training questions because I'm a coach. I love them. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you just made my night because we haven't had any training questions for what? How many? Ten shows, right? Ten shows. Wow. Wonderful, young lady. And you have a good night. Thank you. I hope I helped you very well. Again, if you want to be a sponsor to the show, or if you want your ads of your company to be on All Things Basketball Podcast, 
Hit me up. Leave me a message on All Things Basketball Podcast on Instagram. And if you go to my Facebook feed, hit me up on All Things Basketball Podcast on Facebook. Hit the email button. Leave your information, and I'll get right back to you. If you want to be a sponsor to the show or you want to ask to your company to be on All Things Basketball Podcast, those are the things you have to do. Thank you very much. Well, all right. Tariq Evans, that's just a sad story. Um, we're finding out that now uh, uh, Commissioner Adam Silver, who's an excellent commissioner, he has all of the paperwork for one Tariq Evans of the Indiana Pacers. And you know Tariq Evans was disqualified uh, uh, um, for failing a third drug test. All right? And Tariq Evans... You know, is a phenomenal player. He just can't pass a drug test. He can't. He can't stay away from the temptation right now. Like I said, when I found out he was disqualified, I really believe that Tariq Evans should go into rehab. All right, he should go into rehab before he tries to get reinstated. But of course, when he was disqualified, the first thing his representation did was put these papers into Commissioner Adam Silver. I don't think it's going to work, people, because there was other hiccups prior to the failed drug tests, the three drug tests. There was other hiccups that Commissioner Silver let go over his head so that this young man could play. So I don't think uh, it's going to work out well. I don't think he's going to be reinstated for this season. I'm just looking at the tea leaves, people. And it's such a sad, sad situation. It really is. Such a phenomenal young player. But he just can't stay clean. And so coming out of Indiana, all of the paperwork is in New York's downtown office with Commissioner Adam Silver. And he will make an announcement on whether Tariq Evans will be reinstated for this season or he will stay disqualified for this season. Sad, sad turn of events, people. Sad, sad turn of events for Mr. Tariq Evans. You know, he's so young. But um, that's what's going on out the Indiana building. Tariq Evans is trying to be reinstated for this season. Uh, and in all of the paperwork is in the NBA front office downtown. And Commissioner Adam Silver will make a decision for Tariq Evans next week. Well, people, it's been a ball. Episode 42, The Brawl. <laughs> that rhyme. Anyway, I'd like to thank all of the listeners, everybody that shares, everybody that downloads, everybody that involves themselves with All Things Basketball Podcast. We're transcending up. We're trying to do it big. Okay, and um, we're just trying to make sure we bring you guys all of the great information that surrounds the game of basketball. And that's what we try to do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But it's been a wonderful episode 42. I'd like to thank my staff, All Things Basketball Podcast staff. You're A1. You do a job. You do the job no better than anybody else in the game. And I tell you, you keep us right. And you keep us ready for every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I appreciate it. But 
I appreciate everything. It's been a ball. I'll see you Wednesday. Good night. God bless.